You're listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com. I'm going to take us to the last book and last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. So you can go with me if you have it. And those that are in the sun out there, oh man, I'm going to try to go quick. But if you want to come on in, there's a few more seats in the shade here. So uh, don't feel bad if you want to move around and get too sweaty and hot out there. But uh, Revelation 22, we just finished the whole book at Coastline and it was a fun book. I learned a lot. The church, I think, was blessed, just like the first chapter says. If you read this book, if you uh, keep it, um, if you obey it, you're truly going to be a blessed individual. And I loved how Jesus told John to write that down, and he's going to write it right here, too, at the end of Revelation 22. Um, I'll just say this to open it up. If you're a believer here today, our future is very bright. It is so bright, so wonderful. Of course, we know it's eternity. It's going to last forever. We'll be in a brand new body. I know I've been talking to a few of you, and I see you moving, man. It's, it's slow. I was just with Mr. Well, I won't mention names today, but bodies are hurting. Knees are being, getting open and getting new knees and new hips and a bunch of newness is going on, and that's good. But I'll tell you, in heaven, it's going to be a brand new body. So the, for the believer, the best is to come. We're here for a short time. And as the world is getting darker and darker, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, lawlessness will abound. Hearts are going to grow colder. Deception is going to get greater. And I believe, many of you believe that the church will soon, I believe it's going to be sooner than later, the rapture is coming. He's going to snatch us up. We'll meet him in the clouds. We'll be there with our, our loved ones that have already gone, that we miss so much. And it's going to be this big family reunion where we'll be with the Lord, he says, forever. I love what Paul says in Thessalonians there. He says, when we're with the Lord, we're with Him from then on out. It doesn't change. So wherever He goes, we go. And we're going to look at the headquarters there a little bit in chapter 21, but a little bit of the interior of our new home and God's headquarters where you and I will be, a little bit of the exterior, but the interior starts in chapter 22. I want to read a little bit of what we get to look forward to in our new home, God's new headquarters where you and I will be. Verse 1, if you can follow along with me. And John says, and he showed me, this is an angel showing John a pure river of water of life, this crystal clear water going right through the city. It's in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river is this tree of life. Some think there's going to be many of these trees. I believe there's going to be maybe one. There's all kinds of different views. That's okay. But there is going to be a tree of life. And on that tree of life, there's going to be fruits there, a variety of fruits, which you can look at that as saying there's going to be a variety of different blessings that we're going to experience in heaven. It's all for enjoyment. We're not going to have to eat. We're not going to have to drink. We won't get dehydrated anymore. But the fruit, notice with me uh, in verse... Two, the leaves on this tree 
were for the healing of the nations. I like what one theologian said. These are like supernatural vitamins, you know, that we're going to have. It's just going to bring just lasting health. It's going to be promoting health for eternity. It's everything that the world wants right now, to live forever, to be healed forever, once and for all. You and I, like I said in the beginning, our future is so wonderful. No pain, no sorrow, no more funerals, no more Kleenex boxes, no more dying, no more cancer, no nothing. Absolutely beautiful. No more curse, he says in verse 3. The lamb shall be it or will be in it and his servants. I love this. We will serve him as we're serving him now, but it's going to be like this perfect service to the Lord. And scripture says he will actually serve us. Verse 4, it says, I'm going to go on through this briefly because my points are more in verse 7, but I just want to run through this just to give you a, a little taste of what is to come. They and we shall see his face. Speaking of Christ, his name shall be on our foreheads. Verse 5, there shall be no night there in heaven. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And there, or I'm sorry, and they shall reign forever and ever. That's you and I. And so we're going to be his servants. We're going to be uh, co-heirs, so we're going to be also priests and kings in heaven, having all kinds of responsibility. It's not going to be a boring life in heaven. I try to tell the kids that and the youth all the time. We're going to be active. We're going to have responsibility, and we're going to be serving in this perfect environment and serving our Lord perfectly. I can't necessarily get my head around it, really, but John here gives us a little taste here and there. I also love what Paul says, and I think this speaks to this, this text here. 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things God has prepared for those that love him. It's just something we, we just can't even imagine. But I am so thankful that we have this book, this prophetic book, which Jesus does say, communicate, share, teach. Don't forget about it because it speaks about our future as believers. And it's important for us. It strengthens the church. It edifies the church. It keeps you and I going, especially as this world is getting darker and darker. The, the battle's getting harder, it seems, and harder. There's so much deception going on in our world. So it's a good book, my friends, to Read. If you haven't, I encourage you to do so and then also study it as much as possible. So that's a little taste of our headquarters where we're going to be. Um, I also, I didn't get to it, but in verse 16 of chapter 21, John says, or this, this angel is describing to John, the city is laid out with as a square. So it's like this big cube coming out of heaven after the our previous earth and new heaven, or earth and heaven is, is gone away. This new one comes. And he says this in verse 16. He measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. What does that mean? It's about, let me go there so I get my numbers right. 1,500 miles in each direction. So length, width, every side is 1,000 miles. 500 miles, just to give you an idea of what and what that distance is, it's going from Maine to Florida. Going this way, 
going this way, going this way. It's, again, amazing. You and I will get to experience that city, the new Jerusalem that's going to be God's headquarters. It's just a little bit smaller than the moon. That's how big, if you have studied the moon, it's humongous. That's what this city that you and I are going to be living in and being part of. And you're going, well, I still don't get it. That's okay. Keep thinking about it. God wants us to think about our our home, our permanent home. It's so important, and we want to encourage others that they have something to look forward to. The water of life is going to be a water of life. It makes the city glad. Um, Also, it's forever provision, forever peace, forever health, forever um, uh, blessing, and then again, no pain, no sorrow, no death. I can just keep preaching that all day long. And just know that for the unbeliever, if you are here today, I just want to take one moment. If you're here today, I don't know all of you. I don't know where you're at. But I do know we're all on this, in this world and we're all, some are walking with God. Some are deciding to walk with God. Some aren't sure about it. Here's a verse that Peter says, and I love this. He says, don't, do not forget this one thing. The Lord is long-suffering toward us. Not willing, here's God's heart, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's heart for the world. He's chosen the world. Now it's up to each individual. Youth, kids, if you're out here, older individuals, we all have that choice. Today is the day. Another day God has made for you and I. Some have already made that choice. Some today, it's your choice to make. And God's heart is saying, I'm long-suffering. I will be patient. But if you do study Revelation, there will be a day where that patience does end. The time does come to an end. Do not, my encouragement, do not wait for that time. As a Christian band, AD, I'm familiar with, there's a song that says, there's no turning back. That's the decision you and I have to make. The Lord says, Peter says, but the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief. Be ready, he says. And he calls you today to be reconciled back to God. So if that's you, my friends, God is inviting you to know him, to be saved by him. The thing that gets in the way of so many people that I come across is they think they don't need him. To come to Christ, to have that Holy Spirit that seals you, redeems you the first thing you need to realize that you actually need him. That's what gets in the way of so many. So consider that. Think about that. God is here with us today, and he wants to save you if you need saving from your sin today. So let's jump right into it. Verse 7. I love this opening statement. Jesus says as he's ending his last words of the Bible, the last chapter Uh, Paul, Apostle Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, his very last words before he was beheaded, he says this to the the church, preach the word. That's his last closing words. Preach the word. And here we're going to find out that Jesus says, do not conceal these words, but preach this prophetic book. Share this prophetic book. Let people know so they can respond to me. That's our job. We are the messengers, and it's up to the person to 
respond to him. But we need to know this church. It says, verse 7, behold, I'm coming quickly. What does that mean? It conveys the idea that he's coming without delay. So he's coming. We don't know when. He comes like a thief. He's not a thief, but he comes like a thief. And he comes, that phrase there, he comes when you don't expect it. When you don't expect it. So he says, church, behold, I'm coming quickly. And then he goes on to say, he gives this first, uh, I'll say, response, if you're a believer today, kind of your first action, what you need to be focused on, because I am coming quickly. Christian, this is what I want you to do. Verse 7, and not only the thing to do, but he says, blessed, you're going to be really happy if you do it. Blessed is he, here it is, who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So church, because I am coming, here's the first thing I want you to do. There's a lot of things, of course, we need to do, but specifically in this text, he says, keep my words of this book. What does that mean? It means to guard. It means to protect. It means to, it's a twofold, and then it means to obey. So guard, protect, obey. I love that. A couple examples of that. If people come to you, believer, and they say, hey, the Bible is not relevant, well, that's when you can say, I'm going to defend it. I'm going to protect it. If maybe you have a critic, for example, that comes to you and denies its accuracy or authority, that's when Jesus says, you keep it. Stand for it. Share my words to that person. Defend it. If you may face a confused, I, I, I wrote this, confused interpreter of the Bible, which there's many of them out there. We need to defend it. And then Jesus says, you also, though, need to obey it too. Jesus says, if you love me, here's the same word, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep it. John said in his epistle, by this we actually know that we have God or know him. He says, if we keep, that's that word, keep his commandments. If one does not keep his commandments, John says, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Great things to consider. I want to keep going here on this thought. He who keeps the words. You're going, well, Jess, what does that look like? And I, I was speaking this to my fellowship not too long ago. What's it look like to keep, to guard, to obey the, this book, Revelation? This prophetic book. Here's a few thoughts. The seven churches Jesus shares to John, the letters of the seven churches, you might be familiar. Here's some of the things that Jesus says to keep. He says, don't leave your first love. That's me. Isn't that a great reminder? He says, these are the things to keep, obey. Don't go wandering after the things of the world. He says, keep me as your first love. He says, be faithful to one of the churches. Be faithful to death. Hold fast my name to doctrine. Don't live. Remember the, the lukewarm church? He says, don't be lukewarm. Other ones, he, he, he says, don't desire uh, the evil perishing systems. Boy, when you get into Revelation 17 and 18, talking about the great harlot, Babylon the great, 
There's different views and thoughts on that, but I really believe it's speaking of the evil systems of the world, false religious systems, economic systems here today. Don't be or desire those things, but he says desire holiness, desire heaven. Pursue the, the heavenly realities. Long for your resurrected body. Those are the things that Jesus says to pursue, to desire. Let's go on to number two, verse nine. The second thing the believer should be about or responding to or acting in is worshiping God. I'm just kind of taking little points out of certain scriptures, but go to verse nine there. He says, then, I, then the angel said to me, see that you do not do that, John, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, he says, worship God. Worship God. What does it look like to worship God? Some of you guys are all familiar, and I probably, if I asked you individually, you'd give me the same answer. It means the same, and that's true. Psalm 95, you can look at it later, but the psalmist in that beautiful psalm gives us wonderful framework of what it looks like for the believer to worship God. He does start with using our lips, which is singing, shouting, praising, and in that shouting and praising, he says, be thankful. Give thanks to God because he's great, the psalmist says. He's eternal. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-love. He's all-wisdom good reasons to give him thanks. And then the psalmist says, also worship is not only singing, which we did today, which was awesome. I couldn't stop just kind of moving my head. Oh, it was good. But then the psalmist says, but then worship is also bowing down, using those knees, adoring him, blessing him with your soul, deeply respecting him, surrendering to him because the psalmist says, because he's your maker, because you're not self-made, but he purchased you by his blood. He's your shepherd. Beautiful psalm. Reasons why we should bow down to our Lord. Also listening. He ends also worshiping his lips, knees, and then he goes on to say, also it's part of these right here, listening. Worship big part of worship for us is listening. He goes on to use an example of Israel. They hardened their hearts. They saw, they heard, but they never did. He says, don't be like the rebellion. Don't be like those who know God's ways, but they do not listen. But be people who do what God says. Be people who do what he wants you to do. And just be willing, I'll say that, that word. Be willing to go wherever he wants you to go. Someone asked me that yesterday. Jess, what do you think in the next few years? What are you going to do? I go, well, all I know what to do is I just need to be willing to go wherever he wants me to go. I love this place. I love Destin. I loved Ireland, as cold as it was. It was dark, cold, wet. But I, God says, you, are you going to go wherever I take you, Jess? 
That's a decision the heart I'll say we all need to have as a believer. Be just be willing to let everything go and do it. King Solomon said this, guard your steps as you walk into the household of God and draw near to listen. So big part to worship. So what should we be doing because Jesus is coming back? Guard and obey his word. Number two, worship God. Number three, I love this, do not seal. Do not conceal. In Destin, out here in the country, you guys, you guys are country folk. I remember you all had guns. I was the only one that did not have a gun here. <laughs> in Destin, with all green berets, Navy SEALs, they walk into the church. And many, I don't know, but a lot, my security team, they all got little pistols in their back. It's concealed, but they're ready to go, man. And it's, it's amazing to think that I, I think everybody owns a concealed weapon. Even the ladies in the church. It's such a different environment, but I, I love it. It's great. But he's saying here, not to get off track, don't conceal this. This book, prophetic book, that tells us the future, do not ignore it. Do not shy away from it, but speak. Share it like I am proclaiming it today. And then also what he says, go with me to verse, look at 18, kind of in the same, uh, same kind of mind there or, or thought there. He says, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. He says, this is, I mean, I had to really take this into myself here. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And I've read those plagues. They are not pretty. So there's a warning. Jesus is warning the believers before he ends this whole book, the whole Bible. He says, just be careful, church. Do not add to this book. And he says in 19, don't take away from it. An example of what that would look like, taking it away, um, I've been with, and sometimes I could, if I'm not careful, is, I'll, for example, take away. I'll read a text. And I'm like, ooh. For me, first of all, that's convicting. And I don't even want to talk about that. There's a lot of things in the Bible, as John said in previous chapters, where it's, it can be bitter. There's a bitterness of the word. But there's a sweetness of the word. But the bitter and the sweet, Jesus says, John says, it's good for you. So don't shy away the hard topics the ones that oftentimes, unfortunately, aren't even being preached uh, to, in the church today. I was with a group of 35 pastors not too long ago on this boat, just fellowship and having a good time. We were down southern Florida and just kind of sharing what God's been doing and what you've been focusing on. And it was my turn. I just said, hey, it's been fun. We've been going through the book of Revelation. And this man I was talking to, he just looked me in the eyes like deer in the headlights. And it is my first time. I've always referenced it, but it's my first time really uh, going through it. And he goes, Jess, I've been teaching and preaching for almost 40 years, and I've never taught Revelation. And so I just encouraged him in that moment how refreshing and challenging and good it is for the church. But that's so, that's so common, though. I'm finding out more and more guys that have been preaching for so many years, 
they won't even tackle it. And a lot of times it's fear, but it, you know, we may not know all the answers, but we don't need to know all the answers. Just, just share what God has taught you personally by his Holy Spirit. That's our job. That's our responsibility. But also know that the hard sections are good. The bitter sections, meaning hard, challenging to hear because our flesh doesn't want to hear it. It's good for the soul because what that does, it gives that youth, that child, that neighbor, they have to respond just like you and I did at one time. Jesus is right in our face. Everybody has to decide what they're going to do with him. Even if they suppress it or don't want to hear it, but they're going to have to. And so our job, my friends, again, is to get them to that point where they're at least hearing it. But again, it's the work of the Spirit for them to make that decision. So the warning here is don't tamper with the Word of God. Let it speak for itself. Don't shy away from it, but ask God's boldness and help, and He will. Even if you get a, like a bad, evil, you know, kind of like, ooh, Jess, I don't like that. Or you can see people go, ooh, I don't know. But that's not, that's not your doing. It's the Word of God. We as people, John says in John, I think it's three, he says, people love darkness. People love, we, I love sin. I used to a lot. It's getting better and better. But in our, in our flesh, we just love darkness. We don't like when the light exposes the darkness. We feel, ooh, I don't like that. But again, we got to keep bringing that light, keep bringing this beautiful prophetic book so people can respond and take care of business with the Lord Jesus Christ, Okay. Let's keep moving here. Fifth response for the believer. He goes on in verse 12. And behold, I'm coming quickly again. That's the theme. And my reward, I love this, is with me. This should encourage us to give to everyone according to his work. So just service. Because Jesus is coming back soon, he says, church, serve me. Keep serving me. Don't give up. Keep serving me. What's it look like to serve the Lord? Well, Romans 12, verse 6, Paul says, you serve him with your gifts. Each one of you have given a gift. Use it according to the grace that is given. And then he goes into uh, Colossians. He'll speak about serving the Lord. He goes, hey, whatever you do, church, work it with all your heart. Don't do it because man's looking at you. I had to learn that at an early age. I'm so glad that God taught me that at an early age. I was such a man pleaser and worried about what people thought, what was I going to say. It did damage to my physical body. But I finally came to know, Lord, it's just you. I'm serving you alone. Let's serve him with all your heart. He says, don't do it for humans. He says, verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the, Lord as, uh, from the Lord as a reward. It is Christ that you're serving. So again, serve the Lord, church. In these last days, the scripture teaches us because you will be tested in the day of judgment. We have a good judgment, but it will be all of our works, my works will be tested by fire, Paul says. If they were selfish, Jess McKernan's works on his own strength, what he thought was good, well, it's going to be chaff, that fire is going to burn right through it, and I'm going to lose those. But if I serve the Lord with all my heart, and to Him, when that work comes to 
judgment, fire, as Paul says, it's going to last. And those rewards will be given at that time. I like what he says here, though. He says, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer a loss, Paul says, but he himself will be saved. Doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. Unfortunately, you're just not going to have the reward. I like rewards. Anybody like rewards in here? I like it. Give him, man. I'm ready for him. But let us not be Christians now, today especially, not to be idle, not to be lazy as King Solomon says in Proverbs. Don't be lazy, but work hard, work an honest wage, serve the Lord with all your heart, such great, and you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. So, and lastly, I want to end on verse 17. I love this. It's this beautiful invitation. He says, and the spirit and the bride say, can you say it again? The spirit and the bride say, come, come Lord Jesus. And then he says there, and let him who hears say, come. And then here's the invitation. Whoever desires me, whoever wants me, salvation, eternal life. He says, you come. You come just as you are. You're going, well, Jess, and here's what I ran, uh, ran up against in Ireland. If you have a Catholic background, it's dominated by the Roman Catholic Church, just one religion out of many religions in this world. But I'll tell you, the Catholics, when you're born in the Catholic Church, the mama says you're going to die as a Catholic, and there's no change in that. But their mindset, they believe God is so far, I can never get close. I can never know him. And how can he ever forgive me of my sin? I was at a table by table, and these men would say, Jess, because, you know, when you're sharing the gospel to them for the first time, it's, uh, it's baby steps. You're like scratching this. There's so much there. You've got to peel back to get them there. Sometimes they say eight years for an Irish to finally get saved and cross that line. But they just cannot get like, God can actually forgive all my sin. Yes, he can. So this invitation is for whoever desires, no matter what your background is, how many sins you've committed. The only sin we know, Scripture says, that he can't forgive if you just reject him. He can't forgive that. But every sin washed away. You come. And that's the message that we are ambassadors of, Paul says. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're a new creation. He's called you and I, each one in different roles and places. Not everybody has to be the pastor or teaching, but in your home, in your workplace, in school, our job is to use this right here to share, to bring them back to God. That's that ministry of reconciliation Paul talks about. Bring people back home. They've left like the prodigal son. It's bringing them back. Our job is to share it, teach it. The result is up to him and that person. That's not your job or your weight to carry. Don't carry it. Just be that faithful messenger. When you're in those hard family dynamics, family's tough. But just keep, find that opportunity, find that door and just share that seed. Share that truth. It's, it could be so little, right? Just even your actions. But do not again, don't conceal this one. Let the revelation speak for itself. Oh man, okay, I'm going to end there. A lot of good stuff.
But for you kids and youth out there, and maybe for some, I think we are going to eat in heaven. I think we are going to drink in heaven. Some may think different, but again, not because we have to. Heaven's going to be a place where we just, it's all going to be for enjoyment. It's going to be for your enjoyment. And I, I can't wait for that day. So church, as Paul says, look above, set your affections above, set your treasures above, everything above. Hold this life let it loose. Don't hold tight to it, but trust the Lord. And one day, I love the angel says, these words are faithful and true. He goes, I love it. He goes, what I said, what Jesus says, it's going to come to pass. That's the one thing Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. Never. I love that wonderful foundation and truth that you and I have. God's going to take care of the enemies. He's going to wipe out the evil, Antichrist, the false prophet, those that are going to control and do so much harm eventually in the future to this world. But church, you and I have a very bright future ahead. So have that hope. Don't get discouraged. Keep being that light. And you will. As Jesus and John says, you'll be a blessed individual. Amen? I'm going to pray and then you come on up. Okay. Do you want me to pray? Okay. Father in heaven, it is a, just a delight to be here, Lord. It's so fun to be with the family of God. I'm grateful that we're your children. Lord, that we can know you, have access to you, be, Lord, assured that we're saved, that all of our sins have been paid for, that, Lord, when we die, it's something we shouldn't fear, but to look forward to to know, Lord, we're going to be with you face to face forever. Wherever you go, we go. Lord, let us just enjoy and look forward to not only being raptured, but also as this prophetic book says, we're going to come down with you to conquer and reign as kings and reign here on earth for a thousand years where the Antichrist, the devil himself, will be put away, Lord, for good. I can't wait for that. Oh, Lord, so much that we get to look forward to as believers. So, Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, I pray they would consider you, see the need for you, and accept you with faith, faith alone. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com.